welcome everybody to this week's crypto internet show again it is our weekly series talking about everything stacks the broader ecosystems and about building on bitcoin today we're going to be speaking about the kickoff of web three week which is taking place today tomorrow and friday so june 1st 2nd and 3rd each day covering a different subject matter and pillar to the broader web3 industry today was all about non-fungible tokens and nfts tomorrow we're going to be diving into or connecting into the metaverse on bitcoin and also speaking about gaming and gamefi and the like we also have some outstanding speakers including the author of Snow Crash and the coiner of the term metaverse, Neil Stevenson, who will be joining us for tomorrow. And then lastly, on Friday, June 3rd, we're gonna kick off around Unmutable. This is everything about music, crypto, and the future of entertainment as well. So very exciting to see how uh, these panels, these conversations, how they develop, but also what comes out of this as all of us are looking for inspiration and kind of what's to come around Web3 in the second half of 2022. Uh, also, a few big things of note in the industry relevant to today's conversation, Mintory. The Mintory Cohort 1 was hosted in February and March of this year, working with projects and artists to create their first collection and maybe even turn those into future businesses. It went so well, they're kicking off a second cohort. Uh, so make sure you check out the mentory.co to learn about that as it comes here in the second half of the year. We also have over 200,000 NFTs now minted on Stacks. Big shout out in Brittany, uh, who will be joining us. And Maneeb also dropped some exciting little knowledge of the history around NFTs and some of the early NFTs we saw in 2016, which I'll be asking them about uh, here in just a moment. Everybody, welcome. I'm your host, Kyle Ellicott, partner at Stacks Ventures. Let's jump in to introductions for those who are joining us for the first time. We've got Maneeb and Patrick, regular guests, but we have two new guests today. Ken, Zero X Kennedy, welcome to the stage. A quick little introduction for those who may not know you. Hey, how are you doing? Thanks for having me up here. I'm so glad to be here. I'm Zero X Kennedy. Some people also know me as Gutter.eth or Gutter. Uh, yeah, I've um, Chris and I are co-hosts for the the weekly show NFT Traders Club, hosted by Ninja Alerts, and Ninja Alerts also hosted the the first day of uh, of the Web Three conference. Uh, it's it's NFC. Uh, I'm I'm really glad to be here. I'm really glad to to talk about stacks. Right, I, this is my first time being on this thing. I didn't know you guys had this every week. Uh, this is pretty cool because I've always talked to Trevor about learning more about stacks because he's the only one that uh, he's the only avenue I've gotten to know stacks. I own a Crash Punks actually, uh, I, but that's the only thing on my on my stacks wallet. So I need to be more involved in the stacks ecosystem. So uh, yeah. Yeah, thank you for uh, calling me up here, and I can't wait. Well, Ken, man, welcome. A huge welcome uh, on behalf of the entire Stacks community uh, to the ecosystem. It's super exciting to have you, and we're uh, excited to talk and share a little bit more about Stacks and welcome you into this community. So uh, now you know, Trevor's not your only avenue. You're going to meet a ton of people, a bunch of new followers here on uh, today's discussion as well, and you've got some of the best on the panel with you uh, to continue that conversation. Chris, uh, Chris Coffee Eve. 
Uh, welcome to the stage, your co-host, also for the NFT Traders Club, uh, and also I believe was uh, emceeing today's day one of its NFT. Chris, a little intro for everybody. Yo, hey everybody, how's it going today? Uh, yeah, my name is Chris Coffee. Uh, I have a coffee shop in person. That's why where I get the coffee from. I've been a content creator for in the Web three space for about a year now. I actually had Trevor on my show, going over Ninja Alerts before it launched. That's how we established that connection. And yeah, so I obviously I co-host now with Ken. We run the NFT Traders Club that goes over the latest news in the space, and uh, we interview some of those great traders that we that came up today, new projects, and all that fun stuff really excited to be here i really excited the whole the whole event today was just awesome we had some amazing speakers uh, i myself of course was moderating it and kyle as you know as a host there's a lot to keep up with when you're moderating an event so even with all that i still was able to intake so much information uh, about trading and about even the stacks ecosystem having a britney uh, speak on the history of Bitcoin and how Stacks is a, is a better solution in the long run. I mean, months ago, I didn't even know that you could use Bitcoin to buy NFTs. Uh, so shout out to Trevor, of course, for actually being the first one to ever tell me that. Uh, I don't know if I was just behind or what, but it kind of blew my mind. But yeah, my name's Chris. It's happy to be, I'm happy to be here, and I really enjoyed uh, being the co-host for the panel today. Chris and Ken, I kind of want to mic drop for both of you guys. I wish we had a, some additional emojis. It's super exciting to have you here, but also just to welcome you in the community and the rock star job that you both did as MCs at the kickoff of Web3 Week. I had a chance to tune into most of the day, and it, the panels just continued to showcase all the great activity that's happening throughout this community and other communities as well. And again, the the importance and growing interest around NFTs on Bitcoin. And uh, with that, Chris and Ken, I want to come back to you guys. Give us a recap. You both were MCs. You both were moderating. You both were hosting. You were on and off panels all day. Break us down. What what happened today? What was some of the stuff you learned? Maybe takeaways that you both came came away from the event with? Uh yeah, I'll go first. Um, there was so much information going on. Of course, there, there is a lot going on behind the scenes uh, at hosting and, um, you know, the production side as well. But with the panelists, it was like, it was done very, very well. It was, uh, Trevor got some very, very good, knowledgeable people to be up there as panelists. Uh, I learned so much, but uh, a lot of the, the people on the panels, we've had them on the show. So I kind of... Uh, already knew uh where they were coming from what the where what what tools they were uh talking about like i i knew the ins and outs of what they had to say so i wasn't too deep into listening to you know <laughs> sad to say i wasn't that deep into listening to the new information but i did learn a lot more about stacks today that's that's kind of something again there's not that much information out there to me uh so that's one 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 very very big thing that i did learn uh especially from jamil when jamil talked about you know uh, how he he thinks he says stacks is going to change the world uh, uh it's only time will tell but but it's seeming like, you know, 
in the Ethereum ecosystem, people rush for the exit very easily, especially in Solana. In Solana, they just rush for the exit. The, the listings go skyrocket, the floors drop, and uh, in stacks, where it's looking like there's a lot of diamond hands in stacks, there's less listing at this time. You know, uh, if you check the Solana board, it's everything is down. In the Ethereum, everything is way down because, again, everybody's looking for the exit, but uh, since there's a lot of diamond hands in stacks, it's a, it's looking like a, a long, longer-term play. It, that's why I'm, I'm learning a little bit more about it but yeah that's the biggest takeaway from the event today for me personally again because i've already spoken to most of those panelists so the biggest takeaway was about the stacks and learning more about bitcoin and uh yeah that's to me that was it for me yeah, I want to chime in there. I think uh, I had a similar chat with Jamil about this. It's a pretty interesting dynamic. If you look at the, some of the data, it looks like the trading activity has gone down uh, on the stack side, but the floors are much more stable, right? And then you compare that, you know, say what's happening on, on Ethereum or Solana, that there's actually more trading activity, but it's a trading activity uh, on the downside. People are exiting. They're 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 hitting, uh, getting out of the doors, and obviously there's more trading activity when that happens, right? Like because people are selling, but the floors are drastically coming down, and I think that's a pretty interesting data to actually map out and, and plot because it tells you like um, a lot about the culture and the DNA of, of the of the community that is being formed. Like over here, I do think people generally have much longer time horizons and uh, you would find a lot more kind of like mission driven people versus mercenaries and I think that's obviously something that um, it also stems from uh, organic traction right like you, you can't you can't you know uh, just throw money at something and, 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 and try to get traction that way like if, if the tra- traction is organic if people are driven by the mission the the DNA of the community is actually going to be a lot different uh, versus if it, if it wasn't so it's a great uh, can can Maneev, chris yeah add? i see all three of you on mute at once so uh, go for it guys no, no, I just wanted to add to what Maneev just said. Uh, that is 100% true. The floors are down. If you check my wallet, it's down bad right now. Everything I'm buying just drops by about 80% instantly. So Ethereum and especially Solana, it's it's very it's prime for pump and dumps. So that's why, you know, times like this is I'm trying to open up. I keep talking about it, like, but I am trying to open up my mind to different avenues, more stable. Uh, at least stable enough uh, avenues to um, diversify my investment. I will say that my biggest takeaways today, uh, one was just the whole Neo swap with John. I didn't know a lot about that beforehand. I think that's going to be so innovative for the space. I like how he said it's the Web3 way of doing commerce, the party trading system. Uh, It just really blew my mind that that's possible and how that's going to increase innovation you know for like just regular day life uh i thought that was really interesting and then of course uh Muneeb, i didn't even realize you're up here until just now but uh, yours and Brittany's conversation uh Brittany going over the history of nfts and kind of showing the uh the nakamoto cards with the the, the pepe uh kind of blew my mind uh, how early bitcoin nfts were there uh, and then you going over just btc being a viable way of moving forward 
I didn't write down exactly what you said, but when you're explaining the system, not quite proof of work, but being able to reuse energy, that definitely interested me. I've never heard, I've never heard of that before. Um, so that was just a very like interesting take on it is being able to reuse energy that uh, that's being used for these, these, uh, purchases. So those are two things that like really blew my mind today. I mean, there was uh, so many good points, uh, on Solana, so many good trading tips uh, from some of our metaverse HQ guys. And there, there's so many good things, but like those things like were completely new to me. Well, welcome both. And yeah, if you guys haven't seen, definitely check out Maneeb and Brittany's talk. I believe it was second to last in the agenda. You should check out all the talks, but theirs in particular. And Brittany did drop some exciting knowledge around education NFTs, but also threw it back to 2016 and the rare Pepe uh, NFTs and trading cards uh, that we had out in the in the world back then. Uh, Maneeb, do you want to touch on just for, for a moment, Chris's point around um, your comments during your talk around proof of work and the reuse of energy around um, stacks mining, just for those, just for context. Yeah, I think I think it's a pretty interesting concept because um, if you basically at a high level, you look at the debates happening between proof of work and proof of stake. There are a bunch of um, lobbyists who've taken the approach of like attacking Bitcoin's proof of work, right? Like uh, there's a narrative out there that proof of work is bad for the environment, like, you know, you're wasting energy. But really what's happening is this multiple tribes and multiple projects trying to fight each other for, for market share, right? And and um, and interestingly, if you dig deeper, uh, I'm actually trying to push forward like some independent studies on the uh, on Bitcoin's proof of work, which would help, I, I think, clarify some of this confusion. But just purely at the Bitcoin base layer, um, things are actually not that bad, right? Because um, the, a lot of the miners are switching to re renewable energy. Plus, uh, there are new avenues for mining where, let's say there's excess capacity somewhere that's going to go to waste anywhere and you have to like um, flare that energy wasted or something and now you can actually much better utilize it uh, through Bitcoin mining. Right? So, so that's kind of like one line of it, like it's efficiency at the Bitcoin mining layer. But then there are other Bitcoin layers that people don't talk about, right? So Lightning is, a, is such layer as faster payments. Similarly, you know, we have Stacks, which is, which is smart contracts. And uh, both of these things, they're actually settling transactions on Bitcoin. So they're not kind of like causing direct transactions on Bitcoin, only a settlement kind of goes there. And a settlement can contain like thousands of transactions or even more. So effectively, you are um, reducing the per transaction energy footprint by packaging transactions and settling like tons of them in one go uh, on the Bitcoin chain. So that that's that's that was another thing that was discussed. And then separately, our consensus mechanism is where we reuse Bitcoin's uh, uh, energy spent uh, to secure the stacks layer. So it's a little bit like, you know, if Bitcoin becomes kind of like the center of gravity and there's a certain amount of energy spent to secure the base chain. But after that, like layers like stacks are benefiting from that security and they're just reusing that in a way. Uh, and, and you can keep doing that, right? Like there could be more layers like this built um, and that that is super helpful. And I think it, it is a is a big kind of like counterpoint to some of the energy arguments that we see out there. 
Thank you, Mini, for, for recapping that. I appreciate it. And Trevor, Grace, welcome to the stage as well. Uh, Trevor, any any quick recaps you want to throw out there for those who may not attend, just things that got you really excited and, and conversations you heard at today's uh, day one of, of Web3 Week, all about NFTs? Yeah, I think just in general, like I'm, I'm super excited by this whole, um, this whole production. So you know, hats off to the Stacks Foundation, Shannon, and also um, the team over at Amplified who we've been working with because, you know, came to kind of Shannon um, a few months ago with this idea, which was, you know, we've done the Bitcoin Innovation Summit, and it would be interesting to try and branch out in the other direction, more towards Web three, and just bring together a, a multi-chain uh, conference involving as many people as we as we can over on the in the web3 world and you know have stacks be the one who's you know doing some of the heavy lifting but uh, but really welcoming other potential partners in from across the web3 space to um, sort of build those relationships and grow um, our audience even bigger because you know as as Chris and Ken are talking about being you know they're primarily over on the, the ethereum side and you know being two guys that I work with quite frequently, even they don't have as much exposure to stacks and events like this can really, you know, help um, spread the word about stacks, but also just be good for the Web3 community. So, you know, I'm, I'm super um, excited by day one. And I think day two is going to be great with uh, Neil Stevenson and with all the other um, great people that have maybe not been in the stacks ecosystem until now coming in. Um, and also, um, day three is going to be just, uh, bananas with all of the different tracks and people that, um, Mitchell has, has brought together for the, the music, the music industry. I mean, I, I just really don't think there is any event at this scale bringing music and web three together. So I think it was, um, really good timing. Um, and I'm looking forward to doing it again. Trevor, you want to tell us a little bit more about the uh, Neil Stevenson stuff, like, uh, or, or also, has he ever looked at crash punks? Well, he he's he has a, a official honorary crash punk that Grace uh, made for him, so it looks it looks it looks just like him. It's it's really well done. So, you know, he. Um, Neil Stevenson, for those who don't know, he's a New York Times bestselling author, um, most notably wrote the book uh, Snow Crash, which has served as an inspiration for many um, heart, you know, OG cypherpunks. I know it's one of Manib's favorite books. Um, and uh, he has like a kind of like a cult like following in Silicon Valley. People like Naval, you know, read his book multiple times. Um, and even Jeff Bezos uh, hired him when he was launching Blue Origin, the the SpaceX competitor. He he hired Neil Stevenson as his first advisor. Um, and I forgot to mention, Neil actually coined the term metaverse. So this guy is like the futurist among futurists. And he's been um, a speaker at Stacks events before. Um, so uh, we, we have some surprises that you'll see tomorrow that I don't want to spoil for you. But we'll, I'll, I'll turn it over to Grace to maybe talk talk and maybe she'll she'll drop the alpha by uh by mistake like she usually does so grace what do you think (laughs) 
Grace, we got you on uh, on mute there. So all that alpha you just shared with everybody, no one got it. So it's super, super secret alpha. But uh, if, you, if you can, go ahead and unmute yourself and jump right in. All right, Grace, we're going to come back to you here in just a minute because it sounds like you might uh, still be on mute there uh, as well. So um, we'll get you get you all fixed up as <laughs> as you're sending me some some messages. Let's invite you back up to stage here. One second, everybody. All right, Grace, if you can hear us, we're going to invite you back up on stage. For those, shout out to all those with the Crash Punks in the audience today on the PFPs. See, see some lookalikes out there as well. Um, very exciting. All right, uh, Grace, we're we're welcoming you back up on the stage. So as soon as you, there oh, you hello. Right, yes, I, I think there was like a bug in my Twitter app. I couldn't. It was just like I'm not a speaker. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, well, yeah, thanks for having me. I'm super excited uh, for Web3 Week. And, uh, yeah, so we'll we'll have um, Neil Stevenson um, as a guest speaker tomorrow um, uh, to talk more about a lot of the kind of like his creation process um, going into a lot of his books because he's been able to just like in all of his books really predict the future. And he was writing a lot of these in the 90s. Um, back in 1992 when Snow Crash came out, he coined the word metaverse. Uh, so he's written a lot of these like very present books that um, about the future that have all been coming true. And so we'll be chatting with him about some of his predictions, as well as his newest book, uh, Termination Shock, um, which is about climate change. And um, yeah, so be sure to tune in tomorrow for the, the GameFi and Metaverse uh, portion of Web3 Week. And Grace, what there's a benefit to the the holders? Do you want to mention like the how it's going to work or? Yeah, so we have um, Termination Shock books available um, for holders. We also have, um, basically the way it's structured is um, in two parts, the the interview with Neil Stevenson. Um, so the first 20 minutes is open to the public, but then we're going to do a private Q&A uh, with the um, Crash Punks community within the Discord. So if you don't have a Crash Punks right now, make sure to get the Crash Punks so that you can join in on um, like the the deeper parts of the conversations where we go into kind of his predictions for the future and um, some of his kind of like behind the scenes um, creation process. So yeah, make sure you grab a Crash Punk. Um, you can get it on Gamma uh, Gamma.io or Byzantium um, and uh, join us tomorrow. It's going to be tomorrow at uh, was it one one p.m. or two p.m. EST. Two p.m. Eastern. Two p.m. Two p.m. Two two p.m. Eastern. All right. Uh, well, there you go, everybody. There's some alpha leakage right there. Grace, uh, coming back to you. Can you can you maybe take a step back and explain the origins of Crash Punks out there for for a few people who may not uh, be aware of kind of how it got started and you know how Neil Stevenson got involved up to this point and kind of where things are going uh, from here. You guys have done a lot for the community. The project itself has partnered with 
tons in the community on all sides from, uh, you know, the Stacks Foundation to events like this, to individuals, to new tools that have been built around NFTs and even uh, DAOs as well in the Discord. And yeah, I just kind of love to know that initial story for those, uh, again, just learning about it. Yeah, sure. Uh, we're doing a lot of exciting things. So it started um, a couple of months ago. So um, it's it's really crazy how fast the, the space moves because when we first um, thought of um, contributing some art to Stacks ecosystem, there wasn't really a lot of um, NFTs yet. This was just um, probably like just like a year ago. And uh, yeah, and then we wanted to bring the community together with um, a visual language and Snow Crash has inspired so many creators, so many entrepreneurs. It's also inspired the Stacks team. Um, so the uh, Stacks uses the Hero Wallet, H-I-R-O, that you can um, get at Hero, H-I-R-O dot S-O. Um, and that's actually named after the protagonist in Snow Crash, the main character. And um, yeah, and so so we decided to um, create this uh, series, this um, NFT collection, Cra- Crash Punks, which is uh, some of the the, the crash punks are here uh kyle myself um trevor um gina um all all crash punks and so um we wanted to bring the community together. We wanted to create some art that can uh, that can like represent um, the future and and um, also be very inclusive. Um, so as the artist, I actually m- made um, very very intentionally made it very like diverse. Uh, so there's a lot of representation in the collection across. Uh, there's male, a lot of uh, female characters, male characters, um, non-binary, androgynous characters, um, all all people um, kind of represented in there. Um, so we wanted to um, do that, and that launched in December. Um, and since then, we've been partnering with a lot of different um, entities within the Stacks ecosystem to kind of just bring more of the community together. Uh, so one of the projects, uh, so some of the other NFT collections. Um, um, and and one of the projects that we've uh, partnered with is a pretty uh, really cool project called Console, uh, which enables DAOs on Bitcoin. And so uh, that's going to be the first of its kind. Um, so we're uh, Crashpunks is the first community that's going to be onboarded onto Console, where where we're going to be building the the first DAO on on Bitcoin, secured on Bitcoin. Um, and that's going to be really exciting. So that's a huge kind of, um, we're just, you know, paving the way and 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 uh, been building with uh, the console team on what's needed in a DAO and, and kind of like how DAOs on Bitcoin are different from DAOs on any other blockchain. Shout out I'm to buying Grace a crash punk. I'm buying a crash punk right now, Grace. So I'll have it updated in the next five minutes. Awesome. Thanks, Patrick. All right. These are awesome. These actually really are good. If you go to gamma.io forward slash collections forward slash crash punks, um, they're all really unique. And they all, I mean, like, it's, it's actually pretty cool. I'm like excited um, to like select. I think I have my selection down to like four ones I really like. But they're all really cool. I'm looking forward to this. 
just get all four, Patrick. It's it's Wednesday, you know. Just uh, <laughs> you only live once, as uh, as they say. So just YOLO into Crash Punks and get four, and be uh, even more supportive than you already are. Uh, all jokes aside, can't wait to see which one you get uh, as well. And, and that kind of leads me into the, the bigger question of today as we look at recapping uh, day one and talked all about NFTs. Now, let's kind of shift the conversation to the broader picture of where NFTs go. I mean, NFTs on Bitcoin have been evolving specifically in the last five months or the first five months of this year as we start to turn the corner to the second half of the year with uh, marketplaces coming online, doing more volume. Again, we had two, over 200,000 NFTs minted on Stacks. We have some collections that have actually helped to build tools uh, to provide that to new communities and new collections, most notably Satoshables bridging from Ethereum into Stacks and starting to open up the idea of cross-chain or multi-chain NFTs and opening up also a pool called Stacks Bridge to allow for other projects to do that. We've got some integrations with City Coins as well with NFTs and kind of curious, where do we go from here? Uh, you guys just spent over six and a half hours you know, with all of these brilliant minds in the space. What was your excitement of, of what's to come? And, and Patrick, I do want to drill down a little bit on the City Coin side and Brittany talked about this, but um, yeah, we'd love to hear from each of you whether it's in the Stacks ecosystem and NFTs on Bitcoin or even just broader picture, where do NFTs go from here? And um, maybe uh, Chris and Ken, let's start with you guys. Yeah, uh, where NFTs go from here, I can only speak from the Ethereum side because that's where my knowledge lies. Uh, I think, I mean, from what it seems like, a lot of it is... It's just gonna go to the trash. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you. A lot of it is just gambling. At the end of the day, a lot of these NFTs are just uh, not gonna go anywhere. But that one percent, though, the one percent that makes it through the 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 bubble or whatever comes later on, that one percent is gonna be very very valued, especially when it comes to a game NFT play. Not necessarily play to earn, more like play and earn, because right now in the ecosystem, play to earn is basically basically another form of gambling it's not you're not really doing anything but just clicking the button and earning some tokens that are now worth it's pretty much worthless in a lot of these cases so uh games that are more games that we want to play you know that you don't even realize that you're earning tokens playing this just like games that do exist now but it's not connected to blockchain it's not in the metaverse or anything you know buying skins and let, let's say in Fortnite or in um, Call of Duty, uh, you could do that, but you can't really sell it back. I mean, you can't sell it in secondary because, again, it's it only exists in that uh, video game. So that's where I see NFTs really being effective moving forward, especially in, in video games, triple A video games. Right now, they just haven't gotten that right. Uh, real um, major studios haven't really gotten into the into the NFC uh, into the blockchain yet. So that's something I'm looking forward to more uh, gaming uh, on the metaverse side. I do believe again a lot. There's a lot of land. There's um, Board Ape Yacht Club just dropped their own land. Um, Games have their land, like uh, Phantom Galaxies. Uh, it's a uh, it's 
close to a triple-A game. They just dropped their land. Uh, there's uh, many, many land out there. Sandbox has their land, the central land, uh, Somnium Space. There's a lot of metaverse land out there now. Uh, about close to a year or so ago, maybe even six months ago, there was only like two, two major ones, the central land and Sandbox. Now, there's a land on everybody's roadmap. It's coming from everywhere. Arcade land, meme land, there's a lot of land now. So again, 99% are going to be worthless, but in the future, the 1% that does make it is going to, I believe it's going to be worth more than uh, a lot of real uh, IRL land, uh, because again, this is going to be hubs for a lot of people. There's no restrictions. If you own land in real life, there's restrictions, there's spaceless uh, restrictions. But in the metaverse, you can have a lot of people in your land. Uh, so it, it's a little bit more uh, worthwhile. And plus you own a piece of it, like own a piece of the metaverse, own a piece of uh, the, the blockchain, I guess. So that's what I, I see this going in the future. And of course, in the NFT, in the uh, Ethereum space, they I, I spoke about pump and dumps. I also see uh, government coming in a little bit more and and doing a little bit more restriction, getting rid of a lot of more scams. Uh, I'm saying that because uh, somebody, uh, Nate Chastain, they just got uh, convicted for... Um, I believe he was. Uh, he worked at OpenSea. Uh, I'm sure you guys have heard of OpenSea. He he chose what goes on the front page, and it was front running it. He chooses his NFC and basically insider trading. So things like this are gonna still are gonna keep coming to the NFT space, and it's gonna. Uh, in order for the NFT space to be legitimate and not be a, a gamble and a pump and dump on the Ethereum side, of course, uh, it, things like this are gonna start happening. They're gonna. Um, people are gonna be held accountable for their actions now because these kids are just insider trading and all this is just out there. It's People are not even hiding about doing it anymore. They're just, they, they're content. So uh, when these changes happen, again, I do believe 99% will fail, but that 1%, hopefully, uh, we all own a piece of that 1% and it'll be value, just like the, the dot-com bu uh, bubble that happened. Uh, a lot of all those dot-coms kind of went away went into the trash but the ones that did survive turned into the Googles and then turns into the Apples the Amazons and I do believe NFTs will have that the Ethereum blockchain will have that and I am also I, w I do have this question for you guys as well I know the Ethereum is coming out with proof of work. And I mean proof of stake, sorry. And they've been um, saying this is coming for years now. And finally, uh, Buterin said it is going to come out in August. And when this does happen, the price, uh, the cost of gas, which is Ethereum's biggest issue, gas, it makes it so hard for everybody to play in that in that ecosystem. That issue will will pretty much be solved. So I know it's going to affect all the other uh, blockchains like Solana because that's their selling point is that you don't have to pay that much gas. I'm also wondering if this would affect stacks in any way. I know it, it is in the Bitcoin ecosystem. And I know there are other stuff that goes along with this, as in the the number of transactions per block and all this. I think with Ethereum, they're going to expand it a little bit more with proof of uh, stake. But again, that also affects the security. So I'm just um, I'm, I'm hoping when that happens, the price goes up. <laughs> but you never know in the system. I, I do have that question about how.
how's uh, people of Stacks, uh, Stacks Maxis uh, feel about proof of stake? Uh, for any of you guys that would like to answer that. I wanted, I wanted to comment on just like, oh, sorry, Minif, go ahead. I was going to talk about NFTs stuff. So. No, no, go, go ahead, Patrick. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, <clears throat> I, I don't know if this is even a contrarian opinion at this point, but I think um, if you compare the sort of internet NFT market to the traditional uh, art market, I think I think the digital art market is going to become larger than the traditional art market. And there's a few reasons for that. One is you have like instant 24-7 tradable markets, which I think is like a huge, huge deal. Um, and that's, you know, global. Anyone can do that from anywhere. Uh, two is like people can, can, can create communities that create value around that art uh, from a standing start like quite easily. Um, you know, you don't need to wait around for a huge... Um, you don't need to wait around for a huge art patron to just say, um, okay, Basquiat is what's, what's, uh, what's interesting. Uh, and now everyone's trying to get Basquiat because they're all trying to, um, basically copy the desire of that, uh, that original, you know, art patron. <clears throat> and then lastly, I think, um, NFTs really represent internet culture, which is going to be bigger than American culture. Just like American culture was just a subset of British culture uh, in a way. And then it became bigger and then like pretty much popular culture. There's a lot of popular culture that was just American culture. Now, internet culture is going to consume American culture. I mean, it's going to become bigger basically. So like um, that I think will be represented by um, the digital art market, you know, underpinned by NFTs. So I think we're, re we're definitely really just getting started here. And that's just on the art front. Yep, Patrick, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I just wanted to just comment on the proof of stake stuff. Like, I think the, the fundamentally gas fees are derived from demand for block space and how much block space is there. So the, the question is going to be, like, with the switch to proof of stake, what is the net effect on on the on on the on the block space? Right? And my I personally think like maybe I have a pessimistic view, but I actually don't think that on the main chain it's going to be a significant or drastic change. And I, I do think that most of the scalability on Ethereum is actually going to come from the L2s, and that's already happening. Right? Like um, most of the scalability solutions like ZK Rollups or others, they are L2 solutions. And um, that's a very interesting dynamic because these L2s are going to end up issuing their own tokens. I think um, I think Optimism recently did that. So the L2s at some point, you know, they might be more Ethereum friendly, but they are really their own ecosystems, right? And they might actually branch out as well. Like, for example, Starkware, uh, I know they're very Ethereum focused because that's where a lot of traffic is right now. But it's unclear to me that would Starkware remain a ETH uh, L2 or would at some point they'd be like, you know, I, I, I would just have my own chain uh, because I already have my own token. And and I think this dynamic is, is um, a little bit how it plays out with the other L1s. The, L, the other L1s are more... more um, 
independent clearly right so if avalanche or solana is saying hey we have a, we have a separate system and we have our own token the l2s are kind of like somewhere in the middle and i think they can actually drift further away towards being an l1 so what you're what you're ending up with is fundamentally i think there are physical limitations on kind of like you know how much traffic you can send around the world and what the block space is going to look like the different trade-offs that the different blockchains make but we've been pretty much in the camp of like this two-layer design right but our layer one is kind of like bitcoin and bitcoin settlement so it's entirely possible that ethereum actually the ethereum world starts looking more like this two-layer design which which is where they're heading uh where there isn't a lot of action on the base chain but most of the stuff is actually happening in l2s so if most of the stuff is going to happen in l2s anyway uh then my question would be that why wouldn't you use bitcoin as, as the l1 because if bitcoin wins at being money right like bitcoin is, is already winning at, at that game then it can also be a very good settlement layer as well so that's that's kind of like my, my take on the on the entire architecture and how it's evolving So that's a great point uh trevor chris grace uh, any any additional thoughts as to how nfts on bitcoin will further evolve and kind of what we could expect for the second half of the year as uh, we're going through web three week we've got consensus now next week uh, the following week we've got the stacks accelerator demo day and then we've got nft nyc at the end of the month i mean this is all a month full of not only just Web3, but NFT evolution. I uh, would love to hear your thoughts on just generally of where things are progressing from from here. Uh, Chris, let's come to you, and then Grace, Trevor. All right, great. Yeah, I wouldn't want to follow up, Trevor, because it'll just make me sound dumb. But I definitely think that within the next few months and few years, uh, one of the speakers said it in a much more articulate way today. But just talking about how NFTs are going to work their ways into normality. And I think that's going to be something we're going to be seeing more and more of. So like uh, in the upcoming maybe even months, but definitely years, uh, people won't even really have to understand everything that goes on in the blockchain and as much knowledge as we have now to hopefully use nfts in their everyday lives and i definitely see that being the future of the technology um you know for some one of the speakers today uh it was the same it was john the same one that has the uh neo swap uh had real estate and divorce you know it's just i, I kind of poke fun at that as uh, the host today um uh, but listed as some of the things that he can innovate with um but I can speak for the U.S. anyways on just a lot of our systems are just outdated. Uh, we need, you know, proof of, am I still getting picked up? Okay, there it is. Yeah, we need, we need proof of ownership um, for sure, proof of assets. And I think that NFTs will wiggle their ways into that. Uh, and as far as, I think it's going to continually be a way for independent artists to express themselves and monetize themselves uh, and be able to to sell things, uh, you know, more than just trying to market their 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 art that's you know a little bit harder they have a further reach with nfts and as far as a lot of these projects that we see i do agree a lot with ken like a lot of them aren't going to make it 
but the ones that do make it, I definitely see these being world recognized brands. Uh, and we don't, obviously we don't know who they are. We don't know what chain they they're on right now, uh, who are going to be sustainable in the future, but I, there's several different avenues that NFTs will exist in the next few years. And, uh, I definitely am a believer in the technology. Again, I'm still learning more about like stacks and, and bit, uh, using Bitcoin for NFTs. So I don't, I don't feel qualified to speak directly on that. But the, the more I learn, I can definitely see that the sustainability is there and it could perhaps be the, the way that we can branch, branch it to like normality. Yeah, I see NFTs uh, being tied to a wider range of assets. So not just uh, currently, it's more um, digital images, uh, videos, but um, besides music, a lot of real world assets. So it could be um, tied to physical real estate, as we're seeing with uh, Theo Petra in the Stacks ecosystem. Um, it could also be, um, so there are also projects uh, within Stacks that are using NFTs within uh, the biotech industry. Um, so that uh, is securing um, your bio data on, onto the blockchain on, on Bitcoin. Uh, so a lot of um, different types of assets that can be secured. And then, um, and then yeah, we, we also are working within CrashPunks. We're also working on projects uh, that also expand the functionality of NFTs as well. So um, uh, we're exploring a lot of different um, ideas with regards to um, the metaverse experiences and, and land ownership and, and gameplay as well. Grace, uh, can you maybe drop a little bit of alpha and go a little deeper on that? What What are some of the things that you're working on or some of those projects to evolve NFTs? Because uh, it sounds like there's something exciting there and you're holding back. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask if you could share a little more. Uh, I've been accused of dropping too much alpha, so I don't, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you can do so, it. You can do it. <laughs> so, uh, so we're doing, um, some cool things. Uh, so yeah, so I guess exclusively for the people who are tuning in right now. Um, so we have, um, a snow token, um, we're creating our own token, um, that will have some utility. So we have, um, we're doing some like digital, um, the, the crash points are going into the 3d world and they're turning into 3d avatars. And, um, so we're working on some like 3d fashion. Um, and then that 3d fashion is going to be tied to physical elements as well. So, um, there's a project within Stacks called Rider, uh, so it's kind of um, a hardware wallet uh, where you can use it in wearables, and that's um, a project that we're talking with and partnering with, where we can create physical goods and and have Rider um, access, where you can just scan a Rider and then it'll unlock your NFT and then possibly other cool digital experiences as as well, just from a, a physical uh, piece of clothing, and and with with it you can also track ownership. Of of that physical item or physical piece of clothing as it transfers uh, to different owners. So, uh, so that's a project. We're also partnering with a couple of um, games. So there's Moonray, uh, which is a really cool game that's um, been building within stacks and uh we're having we we have a special crash punks that you can unlock if you have an nft if you have a crash punks nft you can unlock uh the crash punks game character within their game and then uh we have some other games that we're uh developing um so that people can use the snow token to uh, unlock more uh cool cool items 
right. Thank you so much, Grace. I, I got to give you a big thing. Say, I know uh, you, you put out a lot there and we're, we're excited uh, as to where Crash Punks is going to go. And Trevor, anything to add, else to add? And uh, if not, uh, Patrick, Maneev, I got a question for both of you guys uh, here as we come towards the second half of the show. So if anyone in the audience has a question, get it ready. In just a few minutes, we'll, we'll open the floor for a question or two. But uh, Trevor, anything else to add? Yeah, I would just say that, you know, I think that um, the future is going to be multi-chain. I don't think there's going to be, you know, it's not going to be 100 multi-chains or 50 multi-chains or maybe even 20 multi-chains, but I think there's going to be, it's important for us to expand our horizons and continue partnering with different communities um, in in all of Web3. And that means partnering more with Ethereum, partnering more with Solana, partnering more with other sort of top 20 chains that we feel have solid fundamentals you know we also need to avoid of course the the chains that that don't or that are you know um relying on different types of ponzinomics i think that this whole bear market is about being really grounded and having a moment with reality that sustainability does matter in the blockchain space that values like don't keep going up forever unless you really have a sustainable model where there's value created and captured that like just the appreciation of a token price is 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 not value it's 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 speculation but that having you know, uh, value created by a protocol where there's fees and there's users who who want to pay fees for the values provided. And then having a full complete circle of sustainability where those fees can be put back into a token for the holders of that, that there is a, that you're not just um, that there's real utility uh, from that. And so I think that I'm, you know, I'm super excited for the future. I think that Stacks has a place not only in Bitcoin, but in the in the wider Web3 because Stacks enables Bitcoin and Bitcoin is the store of value in this space. Um, that you look at, you know, Bitcoin being used in DeFi and other chains, like there's, you know, 11 billion in wrapped Bitcoin on Ethereum, that we're going to be seeing, seeing more of that with Bitcoin being that core value and stacks partnering with with different communities to unlock value and support in that capacity so i'm just super excited for uh growing the horizons and um you know really the the fact that there are these differences proof of stake proof of work are a really good thing for everybody like as 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 human beings we need alternatives we need people trying different things and experimenting there's going to be advantages to proof of work and proof of stake and proof of transfer that Stacks uses that, you know, we need to focus on our unique differentiators and what we do best and partner with others who ha- who do something else better. And that's what's going to give um, consumers and all of us the most choices because we're not really fighting against each other. We're really fighting against the old way of doing things and the legacy banking systems and sort of the, the general inequality and misaligned incentives that we see in late stage capitalism uh, leading us to um, potentially a, uh, you know, the dystopia that you would see in the book Snow Crash, you know what I'm saying? So it's all about moving our future, uh, you know, reinventing and disrupting in a way that provides innovation for all, all of us to bring about a better world. And so, you know, everyone in the Web3 space, no matter what blockchain you're on, we're all on the same side here 
and we're fighting against the old way of doing things. We're not fighting against each other. Well, well said. And uh, Patrick, I, I noticed something changed on your side. Uh, very exciting uh, new PFP there. This, this is late stage capitalism, Patrick speaking. <laughs> um, yeah, I had to get a city coins one. This is this is like one. I'm not. I'm getting more and more into NFTs. It, it took me a little while, but I'm getting there. Um, it was cool going through it, and I think I bought this one for like few hundred dollars which is well from another stack stack number so transactions processing hopefully it goes through and i'm assuming it will <laughs> if, if not we're just borrowing it for the show we'll give it right back but with that said patrick i got a quick question for you one quick one for me and again we'll take one from the audience today but speaking of nfts and your new pfp here uh it's got a little city coin on its hat uh, i believe this is nyc on it talk to us about NFTs and city coins. There's an exciting yeah. project that Brittany spoke about called City Packs. I know there's other ones, but talk to us about what you're seeing. Yeah, of course. Um, there's that. There's well. First, I'd say um, we are in the process of sort of like um, further defining our mission at City Coins as a community. And uh, one of the few missions that the the gang like really likes is, and it might not be the final, but it is uh, to empower anyone to take ownership in their city. There's a few meanings to that, which is like, one is like, you know, get up and do something, take some ownership. The other is like actually take digital ownership uh, and, 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 uh, and, and other kinds of ownership. And I think like, um, from from uh, from a community standpoint, you know, we essentially uh, outlined this kind of like geographic um, this geographic sort of community with city coins, where it's like, okay, we, we know we want to we want to benefit these specific geographies, or or to allow people who have affinities for these geographies to, to take some ownership in it. But that's a very that's still a very actually broad uh, sort of audience. And so if you're able to like NFTs, I tweeted this yesterday, I probably tweeted before, but NFTs bootstrap communities. I think that's like one of the things they do do. Um, and um, by generating new communities with NFTs within specific city coin cities, I think we can actually um, experiment basically with <clears throat> what comes out of that. You know, it may not be necessarily that these are companies being built, but it may be that these are pieces of applications in, um, that are being built or, or just simply, uh, new groups of people that want to hang out with each other and, and socialize on one, on, on, on one or several, you know, kind of topics. Um, so it's like city, like, um, sorry, NFTs allow sub communities to really generate that have intrinsic value. Um, and um, basically allows you to like double click in further into city coins. It's like, okay, I love Bitcoin. I love, I love, I love Bitcoin. I love stacks. I love city coins. Double click further. It's like, okay, well, what within city coins, what group do I want to join? Uh, so NFTs are actually potentially very, very compelling there. Thank you, Patrick. And Manib, last question of the day. And again, we'll take one question from the audience if there is one. But uh, during your panel with Brittany today, you talked about the data layer around NFTs. And I was curious if you could maybe drill down onto what could be unlocked as we start to look at the data layer around uh, non-fungible tokens in all areas, in all categories or subcategories around the themes we've spoken about today. 
Yeah, I think I think that came up when we were talking about Bitcoin ownership. Like, like, like for example, I think I was describing that um, it, even though NFTs through Stacks are settling on Bitcoin, right now the user experience uh, doesn't quite speak to that, right? So there, there's some work going on in the pipeline where, uh, let's say, months down the road, people would be able to really experience Bitcoin NFTs because, uh, you know, you could just have a Bitcoin wallet and do a Bitcoin transaction and a NFT shows up in your wallet. Like, that's the user experience that really really speaks to, like, hey, this is a Bitcoin NFT, right? And I think when you're, when you're thinking about that and you're thinking about global scale, you're thinking that, okay, Bitcoin is the best money. It's here to stay. It, it is only going to grow more and other competition is going to die off against that, right? So Bitcoin becomes the reserve currency of the, of the world. And, but I think it's also a settlement layer. Like, for example, uh, even, even if you think of, you know, different banks kind of like working together, there is a, a archaic system underneath the Fed wire, and everyone kind of like you know relies on the Fed wire to actually settle uh, things. Like even banks use it to settle between each other, right? So, so Bitcoin becomes that settlement and ownership layer. So it's a little bit like if your ownership is, if, if that world model wins. I know Trevor talked about you know a multi-chain world, which I, I also believe in. But you know where's the center of gravity, right? Like it's a little bit like if Bitcoin is kind of like the Manhattan, and ownership is really defined there it's a global settlement there and you would a lot of people would want to uh, define the ownership of their nfts on bitcoin because they wouldn't trust ownership that's certainly not on a much smaller weaker chain they might trust it on other larger networks like ethereum and others but 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 bitcoin would rank very very high there right so there is interesting need for like where is the rest of the data right and that's the world where rv and filecoin really play in uh, but they're talking about large amounts of data. Uh, but Stacks has an interesting uh, functionality that I don't think a lot of people think of it that way, that anything that you write on the Stacks chain automatically uh, as, as, a, as a Merkle root gets published on Bitcoin. But that's not the interesting part. It is interesting that, okay, anything you write there, boom, you know, it's already kind of like getting, getting hashed and settling on Bitcoin. The more interesting part is that because Stacks has its own incentives, the, the miners are incentivized to keep that data alive for as long as Stacks has any market cap. Right? The market cap would literally have to be zero for, for, for uh, us to not have any copy of that data. Right? So as long as Stacks has any market cap, which clearly it does right now, right, uh, there are incentives out there to keep that data alive. Right. Uh, some some networks like RV and Filecoin they really dig deeper into it, and they are able to support like you know much larger data sets and but they they try to specialize there. But I'm I'm only talking about kind of like you know metadata for NFTs and other types of interesting smart contract data. Uh, so it's very complementary to Bitcoin that way. So if you think of Bitcoin, if you're thinking like you know five years down the road, ten years down the road, things go mainstream, and a lot of people are actually interested in defining. Uh, ownership of NFTs and there could be anything. It could be like very uh, security sensitive stuff as well. Like, hey, here's an NFT that gives you access to your office or something like that, right? And you only want to trust the Bitcoin chain for that type of information. You can keep the rest of the data on the, on, on the stocks there. Uh, well said. Thank you very much, Hamidib. We are at time. So as we, we come to close, Trevor, you want to give everyone a shout out and a quick preview of tomorrow, and then I'll, I'll close this out. 
Absolutely. So um, tomorrow there is definitely um, a star-studded lineup. I'll list some of the um, the speakers who are joining, and then maybe Chris or Ken can jump in if I if I miss anybody. But you know, we have of course Neil Stevenson. We have Sarah Satoshi from Ladies in Bitcoin. We have um, the CMO of Step N coming. Um, we have um, journalists from like Decrypt. We have the, the the chief creative officer at CyberKongs coming. We have an expert in like uh, token economies. We have uh, Flamingo DAO, which is a really like well-known DAO um, that that buys a lot. It does a lot of buying expensive uh, NFTs. Um, we have uh, the founders of um, Console, Moonray, Stacks, Degens. Um, we have a really great um, list of people who will be covering all aspects of GameFi and Metaverse. Um, of course, we have uh, Andre from CityCoin, so he'll be speaking, talking about how CityCoins are building the you know, sort of IRL uh, GameFi, if you will, or incentives for cities. Um, and so I think there's a very diverse group of speakers um, tomorrow. And it's, it's something that I think will be, for myself, I'm really even looking forward to learning and expanding my own horizons. That being said, everyone, a big thank you again for tuning in this to this week's edition of Crypto Internet Show. If you would like to tune in live, ask questions, or join the conversation, be sure to follow Stacks on Twitter and tune in every week at 5 p.m. Eastern. Until next time, I'm your host, everybody, Kyle Elkat, partner at Stacks Ventures. See you all at Web3 Week and at Consensus and future events from Stacks. Take care, everybody.